So as we grow from faith to faith, it is such a privilege to experience God's working in our lives. And we see him care for us day to day, see him provide for us. Things that we didn't even know we needed all of a sudden appear. And, and then we see, oh, I really did need that. And, and here it is, God's already provided. I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I've experienced this many times. When, when I was in college, I studied entomology, the study of insects. I mean, I was a botany major. But it was something that I, I studied. And I thought, well, I, and I enjoyed it. I learned a lot in, in that. But I didn't know why I was taking entomology for a botany major, but it was part of the curriculum. But I got to Vietnam, and halfway through my tour over there, this guy says, Hoo-hoo, I'm going back to the world. And I, he's, I don't know how they're going to replace me, but that's their problem. I'm out of here. I said, what do you do? I'm looking for a job. They had me doing a laundry detail of all things as a hospital corpsman, you know? That's crazy. And uh, I said, I'm looking for a job. What's your job? And he says, oh, you couldn't do it anyway. I said, try me. (laughs) And he says, well, I'm the the head entomologist's assistant over at the Preventive Medicine Research Unit. And he said, I, you'd have to be able to read an entomological key. I looked at him and I says, I can do that. He says, you're kidding. <laughs> Nobody reads an entomological key. But the Lord had provided for me. I was there at the right time, in the right place, and in God's hand. There's no question about that. God provided for me, and I didn't even know what I was taking entomology for, really. Well, God provides. He gives us things that we didn't know we needed. Uh, Skills oftentimes are developed, but sometimes he provides for us ahead of time. Sometimes we find out why we know what we know for a purpose. God gives us someone who needs what we have. And I'm thankful for what God provides. In many, many ways, he has done this. And he'll do it for you. I know he's done it for you. (laughs) Let's put it that way. I know he has. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. Well, we are studying in the last chapter of the book of Hebrews, but I want to back up. There was something that wouldn't let me go from the end of Hebrews chapter 12. I want us to look at chapter 12 and verse 25 through 27. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they, if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. 
whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but the heaven and this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. He was talking about the earthly tabernacle, the, the setup of the Old Testament where the sacrifices were made and the, the tabernacle was just so-so. They had an inner sanctuary and an outer court where the priests offered sacrifice regularly. That inner sanctuary, they didn't go into except the high priest once a year. And that was a fearful thing for him. Nobody else could go in there. If anything happened to him, if he was struck dead inside there, they wouldn't know, except for he had bells on the bottom of his garment and and had a rope tied to his leg, so if anything happened, they could drag him out. Because <laughs> they weren't going in there. They feared God, and rightly so. But these things were to pass away. And that the giving of the the Ten Commandments. Moses feared and quaked. He was afraid when he went up on that mountain, but he trusted God. And he was told to go. And so he did. And the people said, man, we, we heard the voice of God up there. We don't want to hear that anymore. They, you know, this sort of thing. We don't want to hear it. Oh, that's scary. You go, up, you go up there, Moses. You go for us. Well, those things, they didn't want to hear it. But verse 25 says, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not, who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we, shall not we escape, if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. He's talking about a different thing. He's talking about Jesus coming here as God's emissary from heaven. Not an angel, but the very Son of God was sent here for the purpose of dying for me and for you. That he might have this mysterious plan that the angels desired to look into fulfilled in his in himself we have a responsibility to hear see that you refuse not him that speaketh whose voice then shook the earth but now he hath promised saying yet once more i shake not the earth only but also heaven let's turn to the book of haggai haggai what haggai yeah, it's a little, it's about two pages long in most Bibles, two or three. And it's between Zephaniah and Zechariah. Two bigger books, if you have trouble finding it. But I'd like to read in Haggai chapter 2. There are only two chapters. But verse 6. 
For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. He's talking about a new, a new setup. Now, if you'll back up and look at verse 3 of that same chapter, it says, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison as it were nothing? This is talking about the temple that was destroyed and all of the gold and the brass and the silver and everything was taken by the Babylonians, destroyed, taken, and the, and the stones cast aside and, and things burnt. And then they rebuilt a new one, a new tabernacle, a new, t- not a tabernacle, but a new temple. And they said, oh, and the people that remembered the old one said, oh, this, this is nothing. It, there's, you can't compare with the one that Solomon built. It, there, there's no, no comparison at all. But God is saying, I'm going to build a house. He told David, I'm going to build you a house. <laughs> but that house is a household. And Jesus is the head of it. He's the son of David. He's the one that God promised. And that is the house that God is talking about here. And he says, for a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Everything that can be shaken on this earth is going to be. It's going to be destroyed. He says, I'm going to do away with this old... Don't worry about the the temple. I'm going to build a a temple. I'm going to build a, a city. I'm going to build a kingdom. I'm going to build for you. We can't do what God can do. There's no way. Solomon couldn't. That temple that he built was glorious. No question about it. But the one God's going to build... Is going to make it look like nothing. It's going to be like these old people here that said, how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? We're going to look back on this world and say, the as beautiful as God's creation is, it's nothing compared with what the kingdom's going to be. We're looking forward to a, a kingdom, a place. We're looking forward to a, a city, as Abraham was, as he wandered in the land that God had promised him as a stranger. In, and 
He lived in lived out of a tent. Have you ever lived out of a tent for very long? <laughs> it's an experience. And you you realize that whatever the temperature is outside is what the temperature is inside. <laughs> you might be a little drier inside, but that's about it. But he lived in a tent, and he wandered as a pilgrim in his own land, the one that God had promised him, and he still hasn't received that promise fully. There's, the Israelites are still fighting over that land. The part that God promised them took in all of Jordan and all of uh, on up into Turkey, as far, you know, and down as far as uh, the Red Sea. All of that was promised to them if they would just take it. Well, they didn't. But God had something better planned. He planned for us to come in. This was that mystery that was spoken of back in the book, earlier part of the book of Hebrews and other places in the Bible as well. And that's that mystery that even the angels desired to look into. The prophets of old were told to prophesy it, but they said, what does this mean? What do, I, I, prom, I, I did what you said, Lord. I, I told them this, but they don't understand it. I don't understand it. What is this? We want to know. And those saints of old still didn't understand until Jesus came. And Jesus made it possible for us Gentiles to come in, into the kingdom of God, to have a part in that. So we're talking about this. Let's go back to the Hebrew book of Hebrews again. God says, I'm going to shake the earth, but not just the earth. Um, in verse 26, he says, He hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but heaven also. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of things that are shaken as of things that are made. That includes the earth. God made the earth. He's going to shake it all. That those things which cannot be shaken may remain. That's his kingdom that he's going to bring. A glorious kingdom. Exciting people. This is what we get to have a part in. By faith. It says the just shall live by faith. If you're going to be justified and be in that kingdom, you will do it by the grace of God and by no other means. By grace through faith. By grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. And not of works, lest any man should be able to boast. Ephesians chapter 2. We have an opportunity. Let's not blow it the way Israel did. Hear God. Hear Him. Because He speaks from heaven. And He's. Verse 28 says, 
Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom that cannot, which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Let me read that in, in Ed Brownie's. <laughs> okay. I, there, he says, because we have received a kingdom, we receiving presently, now, receiving presently, that, it's, that's a present, present tense. We're receiving it by faith now. Just as Abraham received the promises by faith, he believed it and he went. He left the Ur of the Chaldees and went down there where God said to go. That's what we're doing now. We're walking by faith, believing, looking for that city, for that kingdom, for that time when God brings his, the fruition of that here on the earth. Wherefore, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, which cannot be shaken. He says he's going to shake the things that can be shaken. Get rid of them. Destroy them. He says, I'm going to do this. Our God is a consuming fire. That's verse 29 here. Our God is also a consuming fire. Theirs was. You better believe ours is. He's the same God. Only he was holding back then for their sake so that we might come in. But now we need to hear God. We need to hear what he has to say. So let us give thanks. It says let us give grace. Let us have grace. How do you have grace? You, it's something you pick off of a tree? No. What is grace? Grace is the unmerited favor of God, that which we do not deserve. Let us have that grace. Yes, yes, bring it on, Lord. I'm, I'm, I want to be ready for whatever you have. I want a part of that. Let us give thanks for the grace that enables us to serve God acceptably. He has a way. He says, do it my way and you'll be blessed. He told the Israelites that. I'll fight your battles. I'll lead you. I'll guide you. I said, no, no, we want a king. <laughs> he gave them a king. But he says, I wanted to be your king. Let's make him the king of our lives today. Israel didn't. And they, they suffered because of it, frequently. Let's us listen to God. For our God is a consuming fire. We need to have that godly fear and serve God. Let us give thanks for the grace that enables us to serve God acceptably. He gave a way. He designed a way for us. We need to say, yes, I want that now.
Help me, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. We all have some unbelief. We all have problems in our lives that say, oh, Lord, why me? (laughs) Yeah, well, he can do, as Job found out, he can do anything he wants in our lives. Anything. I'm yours, Lord. Here's my life. Take it. Use it to whatever purpose you have for it. That's our our hope. That's our our promise. I'm I've got you know as I studied this I came up with a thought. I had a thought in my mind. There's an old song, a song that I hadn't heard sung in a long time. And I found it in the old Broadman hymnal. And I want to sing that song for you. There's a great day coming, a great day coming. There's a great day coming by and by. When the saints and the sinners shall be parted right and left. Are you ready for that day to come? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? There's a bright day coming, a bright day coming. There's a bright day coming by and by. But its brightness shall only come to them that love the Lord. Are you ready for that day to come? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? There's a sad day coming, a sad day coming. There's a sad day coming by and by. When the sinner shall hear his doom depart, I know ye not. Are you ready for that day to come? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? We need to be ready, my friends. We need to have the Lord on our side. There's only one way, and that's to do it His way. <laughs> we are nothing. We, but He has sent His Son to pay the price of our sin, that we can have a part in His kingdom, to be part of His household. I don't care if it's a slave David said, I would be happy to be a a doorman in the house of the Lord. Just a servant to to do whatever that God wants. I'd be happy for that. King David, he was a man of God. He was a man after God's own heart. What about us? Where are our hearts? Are we looking forward to doing things God's way? 
That's what we have a hope of. I, I was going to go on and finish up chapter 13, but I, I'm not going to do it this today. But it, it starts off, and, and that was... I, I got sidetracked. Sorry about that. But that's all right. God sidetracks us, and he pulls us off in a different direction every day. Every one of you. Your life is in his hands, though. Whether you're ready or not, we need to be ready to serve God. We need to be ready to do what he wants. Because if we don't, we have no hope. None. Our hope is in our Lord Jesus Christ, the one that God himself, the Father, sent here to pay the price of my sin. I'm not worthy. By grace alone are we saved. The just shall live by faith. By exercising that faith daily and trusting in God, not in ourselves, not in our own strength, not in having a bigger army, uh, a, a bigger bank account, a bigger boat, a bigger car, whatever we think we need to make to be bigger in this world. No, no. God is bigger than all of the world itself. All of the universe. He made it. All of it. It's his to do with as he will. There is a great day coming. And we need to be ready for that great day. I'll pray for you if you'll pray for me. I need it. I need prayer to keep this old flesh in line. You need it to keep your flesh in line. We all need it. We need the support of the church. God assembled the assembly, which is what a church is. It's the assembly of the saints of God, those who choose to serve him and have said, I don't want the world. I want my Lord God. And by baptism, we say, this is the sign. I'll, that's a sign that God gave for his church to be baptized into that church, to have a part in that. And there's one verse in chapter 13 that I'm going to mention. That's verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. He was there at the creation. The scripture tells us that. Alongside the Father... That was yesterday. <laughs> but he's here today. In this assembly, by God's grace, we can serve him with our lives, if we will, today. And guess what? The next part of that says, and forever. 
How much do you want to serve God? How much do you want to live? How much do you want to enjoy the things that God has for those that serve him? We have that opportunity. Let's not miss it. Let's hear when he speaks from heaven. And he speaks to your heart by the power of his Holy Spirit. That is the hope we have. By listening, hearing what the Spirit says for you to do, for me to do, for each of us, we have a hope. Let's, let's experience that hope and put it into practice by, by grace, that unmerited favor that God lets us serve him. Let's us. He made it possible. He loved, he loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for us. And what, what is the promise? What, is the, what was the thing that he said? What's the big thing that God says? He says, love one another. <laughs> Isn't that his commandment? Isn't that what he gave? Certainly it is. Well, sometimes I get wrapped up in doing things. So do you. We all do. But let's pray for one another. Let's love one another in... in it says, let brotherly love continue. Yeah, well, let it continue. Well, okay, no problem. I'll let it go. No. <laughs> That's not how it works. We need the Spirit of God in our lives. As He loved us, we are to love the world. We are to love the people around us. No, even our enemies. Well, it's not always easy. But that's what God wants. That's what He commands. We don't hear him. Where are we? Thank you.